From the Ron McKeefery Podcast Network, I'm Isaiah Castilleja, and this is Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. In this episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0, Coach Contorno talks to us about how to build and follow your philosophy and allow your career to follow that, how to look for places of employment that let you evolve, and the mindset of don't just be good, be the best. All this on another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. The Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0 podcast is brought to you by Sparta Science. Sparta Science has been a part of the human performance community for over a decade. They started the idea of bringing the force plate analysis out of the lab and into the weight room. I've been following what they've been doing for a long time now, and their latest innovations is a must-have for both yours and my weight rooms. Sparta Science has been known for making the complex simple, making data easy to understand for the athletes and tactical operators so they can take ownership of their movement health. Sparta Science now offers more flexibility for coaches, including an expanded set of tests and full access to hundreds of metrics and time series data. Coaches have access to novel machine learning derived measures that can help uncover meaningful patterns unseen by the naked eye. Sparta Science makes precision training practical for any staff at any level while providing coaches and sports scientists with all the tools they need to continue pushing the envelope of human performance. For more information, visit spartascience.com slash chalk and let them know Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0 sent you. Join the thousands of coaches across the world that are part of Team Builder Nation. The incredible online strength and conditioning software provides a toolbox for features for all coaches at all levels. One awesome feature is the 1RM Max Tracker. Team Builder makes tracking maxes easy for any method since you can record and store max data, project 1RM over time, and use the stored maxes to determine prescribed weights for an exercise and have access to the visual reports so you can see the maxes over time. Other features include an updated messaging platform and the ability to create sports science questionnaires for athletes or clients to answer on their own phones. That's right, that's sports science data in the palm of your hand. Start your free 14-day trial today by using the promo code CHALK, that's promo code C-H-A-L-K, and begin programming with the software built to fit any level strength coach in any setting. Team Builder prides itself on putting the customer first and offers affordable pricing with subscription plans starting at just $50 a month. For more information on everything that Team Builder has to offer or schedule a 30-minute demo with Team Builder Expert, visit teambuilder.com and let them know Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0 sent you. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. 2.0. Today, I'm joined by Coach Sam Contorno, currently Associate Director of Applied Sports Science at the University of Texas Longhorns, and she's also had stops at the University of Maryland, Stanford University, and UCLA. 
Welcome to the podcast, Coach. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on. Definitely. Could you tell us a little bit about your role at the University of Texas? Yeah. So I'm technically the Associate Director of Applied Sports Science. I work solely with the football program. We have a really awesome staff set up here where Travis Flint is the Director of Applied Sports Science. And then we also have four uh, Applied Sports Scientists slash Performance Analysts that work on that staff. So they're not technically assigned to a sport. They can They work with basically our entire sports science department all the Olympic sports. I'm the only one that has an actual sport assignment. So basically any of the technology needs, performance analytics, stuff like that, that is needed for football. I handle that. But then this is like the first time in my career, I've been able to have sports science coworkers to bounce ideas off of. So I've been here for a month and they're probably already sick of listening to me talk. Um, So I'm really excited to have them. Yeah, no, definitely. And what came first? Was it the strength coach or the sports scientist? So the strength coach came first. Um, I am a football sports scientist as a human. Uh, that is my personality. Um, I'm a New Yorker. I curse too much. I like to yell from time to time. So, so I'm just naturally a coach and, you know, I've realized over the years, naturally a little bit of a teacher. That's, I come from ironically a family of teachers and I always said, I never wanted to go into education, but that's really who I am. And so that coaching really started first. And you know, I, I ventured into a lot of fields. I have my undergrad or excuse me, my master's in nutrition. Um, I actually did the nutrition at Stanford for a little bit. And what was really cool about that, that was my first time I got to like build my own program and coach my own product. And and whether it's coaching weightlifting or coaching nutrition or coaching a force plate jump or, you know, coaching what catapult metrics mean, I am a coach first. So that is really where it started. And the, the sports science sort of came along organically with, you know, kind of my nerdy bio background, because I don't have a typical uh, strength and conditioning background. And just, I think my ability to incessantly ask questions, um, that's sort of how we, we we got into sports science. And, and you know, it's it's been really cool now to do it at three different places and, and see how three different places run. And um, I love sports science. I my main goal in my career is to try to figure out how to push the absolute limits and edges of human performance. And, and I think sports science allows me to do that more than, you know, just strength and conditioning did. Now I really get to ask questions on a higher level and look at this data and see how we can actually affect and, and make the best football player. I think that's great. And you did bring up your, your, you have a different background, def, what do you have? Molecular integrative neuroscience <laughs> and health um, and wellness studies. And then you got nutrition Yes. No, that's a very different background than your average strength coach. Yeah. So basically I was a bad med school student, um, was, was how that started. I wanted to be a brain surgeon. That was the initial goal. Um, I went to more Drake concerts than I studied for physics. Um, and so, you know, I didn't get a, I didn't get an A in organic chemistry. I actually failed organic chemistry twice. Um, so you can fail organic chemistry twice and still end up as a sports scientist. I probably shouldn't even be allowed in this profession after that. Um, but yeah, so like I, the, the cool thing about my undergrad, and it sounds way cooler than it was, it was a bio psych chem triple major. And I'll never forget, there was like a semester where I was taking these like four different classes in like four completely different topics. And I remember thinking I'm learning the same thing in every class, just from like a slightly different perspective. And that's sort of like that trained my brain to think that way. And so like, while I probably remember nothing that I actually learned in college, I like learned this ability to learn. 
And I think that's helped me in this field because I've, I've kind of dabbled into so many of the different disciplines where like I can put together pieces of information from different subjects and like speak different languages, so to speak. And I think that's what's made me the most successful in sports science. As in, that's a, a, a unique background. When did the weightlifting and like the strength side of things come in? Because, I mean, you went from the biocyte chem triple major to nutrition and you said you started out like with the nutrition when did the you know the the meathead come out and you <laughs> went down that path yeah so the meathead has always been there and i'm just if i had known that strength and conditioning was a profession i may have entered it earlier so i was always the kid who was like lifting or just like messing around in like gyms when i was like in high school and um i ended up not playing collegiate softball because i was so burnt out i was like the most competitive athlete for 18 years and i was completely burnt out of it i had some bad coaches which i know is a typical strength coach path to like have some bad coaches along the way and i was so burnt out that i was like i just want to go to school and be a student and i remember like my softball team in high school used to ask me for like ab workouts and like i didn't know what i was doing and so that's like that seems to be the typical strength coach for progression. I just didn't know it. So I go to the school that has absolutely no kinesiology program at all and no football team, ironically. And I loved, I loved my undergrad. Again, it was heavy, like heavy science. And I'm such a science nerd at heart. I I loved medicine. I wanted to be a doctor so badly and being immersed in that was, was so cool. But my last, um, my last semester, I ended up taking a, like, uh, our, the only exercise science class we had as a like gym elective. And I was sitting in class and I'm like, oh shit, like this is what I should have done. Cause this is really what I love to do. So I actually helped start that health and wellness minor at Binghamton. I took like the one exercise science class, the one nutrition class, like uh, physiology and anatomy through the nursing program. I took a, um, it was like a, I don't even remember the name of it, but it was a, a performance genomics class. And it was a biology class where they like tested racehorses. And if you were a certain type of racehorse, you'd get bred with other racehorses, like you were the endurance or the sprint type. And so long story short, we end up getting these tests done, which was really sick. And I was the power athlete. So naturally, I'm like, I want to run a fucking marathon because like my genes say I can't run a marathon. And so after college, I was going to, again, go to med school that didn't end up working out. So I ended up getting my master's through nutrition because it was a holistic type program where they like treated different disorders with um with just solely food. And I thought that was so interesting. And all of my advisors at the time were personal trainers. So I was like, okay, I'll get my personal training certification. I'll get my master's in nutrition. I'll be able to solve all these problems that doctors can't solve because I just, I I love anti-establishment too. So I think that sort of led me in that path. But anyway, I started running because I was like, I want to run a marathon. And like, I'll tell you like genetics, like my body is not built to run a marathon. I'm five foot two. I have quads. They touch when I run. And that's, that's like the first, that's the first check box that I shouldn't have been. I'm like looking around at these people running marathons. I'm like, I don't fit here. So after a few years of, of running really bad half marathon times, um, I ended up doing CrossFit. And so this was probably in like 2015. So for like a two years in Connecticut, where I'm originally from, I did CrossFit and I did, um, strength and conditioning at a physical therapy gym. And that was kind of my first, like, strength and conditioning experience. I got my CSCS. Uh, you know, I was, I didn't really, I didn't love CrossFit. I'd always gravitated more towards weightlifting. So I started competing at that point. 
And it wasn't until 20, the end of 2016, I was 26 years old. I, you know, had got a super late start in this field that I ended up just not getting a strength coach job back, back in Connecticut, kind of getting a chip on my shoulder about it and quitting my job and moving across the country for the UCLA internship. And so I got, I went into it with zero background, um, you know, zero experience. Day one, they give you a mop. And I'm like, what did I just sign up for? I have to mop the floor. Like, I don't know anything. And that just could not have been a better internship to set me up for success because Mike Lynn was, he's amazing. And he ran an amazing program. And those strength coaches there, like they really did everything they could to prepare us. So that that way, when I got to Stanford, because I knew I wanted to do football and I went to Stanford specifically to do football. Like, I just felt like I knew every, not everything. Of course, when you're an intern, you absolutely think you know everything, but I, I had this skill set that I could start to grow that I didn't have before. So like, I feel like that was the strength and conditioning education that like I always needed. We'll be right back. Are you ready to take your weightlifting to the next level? I'd like to introduce you to Barbell Mate. They are the most affordable velocity-based training device on the market. Barbell Mate provides real-time analytics and feedback and helps you lift more effectively and efficiently, providing stats such as range of motion, mean, and peak velocity. The personal app is available for Android and iOS and has no subscription fee. And at just $285 per device, it's the smart choice for anyone looking to improve their weightlifting performance. And as a special offer for Iron Game Chalk Talk listeners, they will offer $15 off your first purchase with code CHOCKTALK15. Again, save $15 off your first purchase using code CHOCKTALK15. But that's not all. The new Barbell Mate team app provides a complete management system to track and monitor the progress of multiple athletes. Choose from a variety of three packages to suit your team's needs, with prices starting as affordable as $25 per month. Visit barbellmate.com slash chalktalk to learn more and start your journey towards better weightlifting performance. And remember to use code chalktalk15 for $15 off your first purchase. Again, take a look at them at less than $300 a unit. Barbell mate is definitely something you should look into for BBT training in your weight room. No, definitely. That is a very unique background and it's good that you're able to keep going and kind of organically just follow, I guess, your interest and your, and your, and your passions. Now, what was the mindset? Cause that takes a lot of, you know, guts to, be in the Northeast and be like, like, I'm just going to do a 180, go to the West coast and jump into a, a side of the profession that you had no experience going into. Like it takes a lot of, I don't know, initiative and a little bit of willing to take a risk. Like what was your mindset going into that? Knowing you know very little about what it was. It's it's funny. You say risk. I have a tattoo on my side um, and it has this Japanese proverb on it. And it says, if you don't enter the tiger's cage, you'll never catch its cub. And so I've, I am just a, a little bit of a risk taker rebel by nature. And I also have just always had a chip on my shoulder. I'm a five, two female. You know, when it came to softball, I was our power hitter. Like, that's just who I am. I'm, a, I'm just a little bit of a people don't expect some of this, these things out of me. And so I like kind of live with this chip on my shoulder. And it was a situation where 
my brother was the head football coach at our old high school. Their strength coach quit. He's like, Hey, come apply to this. I think you'd be really good at it. And I was like, sure. Like I have my CSCS, I can do this. And I remember I walked in all tough. Like I, I can interview for this. And basically I was told that like, I didn't get the job because I was a girl. And that was like the first spark that I was like, what I'm doing here isn't fulfilling me. Like, fuck this. Like I'm going to, I'm going to do something great. And I'm the most competitive human in the entire world. Whatever it is, I need to win at it. And that's just who I am. Like I joke and say, I'm going to be the best. And like, I don't think it's a joke because I know that I'm going to work my ass off to achieve that goal. And, and so that's like what sparked it. I was like, this, this isn't my passion. I know that there's something else out there for me and I just don't know what it is yet. And it's funny because everybody who knows me is not even remotely surprised by what I do. It's like, I should have known this was what I was going to do one day. And some, there was this exercise we did at UCLA where you had to write your like life philosophy, your training philosophy and your coaching philosophy. And I loved it because like every year your coaching philosophy changes, your training philosophy changes and it should. But like my life philosophy has always been that like, I want to find the limits of like human potential, whether it's physical, whether it's uh, intellectual, emotional, whatever it is. Like I, I want to push the edges to see what this human species can do. And I think that's where like I got into sports science because I don't know what my next job is going to be. I don't know what my last job is going to be. I'm just going to keep following this philosophy of what I want to achieve in my career. And the the title, the role, the expertise will shape itself around that. And so the transition to sports science was sort of really organic because it was like, I just want to keep asking questions. Things would happen that I would see in training where I'm like, I need to know the answer to that. But yeah, so that just led to sports science because I just kept uncovering new layers and and doing the nutrition and and learning Excel and diving into that some some of that stuff. Like, I think even stuff as simple as like taking body weights and looking at the body weight trends like that's sports science and people don't realize that. And like I got good at that kind of stuff. And then everything else from there just sort of flowed naturally. You have a continue of like a very unique approach to our profession. I think it's good that you've been able to follow your life model. You're like your life philosophy, no matter what the job title is, you're always like on the pursuit of just trying to make the the better human. Now, what was it like for you applying to jobs? Like I imagine Stanford and then of course, Maryland and now UT where you're like, you're just applying like the probably the most in job important job for you at that moment. Like, how did you prepare yourself coming off of essentially just UCLA and being like, look, I'm going to shoot my shot and I'm going to go for these, these positions. Like what was your mindset? Yeah. So that's a good question. And it's a loaded question to being a woman in, in football. The application process is very different. And like, so when I went from UCLA to Stanford, I picked Stanford's internship because there was a competition aspect and whoever won the competition could pick their sport. And so I picked it specifically because I'm, like, I'm going to go, I'm going to win, I'm going to get to work with football. And no one's going to be able to tell me I can't because I had, I applied to a million internships and only got the UCLA one. And so I kind of knew that that was coming. And so after my first, I want to say like six months at Stanford, I was a paid intern at that point, but I wanted that first full-time job, which was the hardest job to get. And I remember I was in Shannon Turley's office like every day asking him about job opportunities and like helping me like get jobs, whatever. And I'll never forget like I, so I changed my name 
on my resume. I just cut it to Sam. And I would apply to these jobs. They'd see Stanford on my resume. I'll never forget Wagner College, shout out Long Island, calls me and they're like, hey, Sam. And I'm like, hey. And they're like, oh, I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, so um, yeah, I saw you were applying to this job and like, you know, it's football. I know football is kind of like an intense environment. I'm like, yeah, ask David Shaw if I can handle football. Ask Bryce Love if I could handle football. Do you want me to send you a video of me cleaning? Like, I think I can handle football. Like I've been doing it at Stanford. I could do it in, you know, Long Island. No offense to Long Island. I'm from the East Coast. I'm allowed to talk shit. So, um, but so like you go through this period of like two years where like you are getting rejected from everything. And even at Stanford, once I was on the staff, I always a little bit felt like, you know, I've been at one place and I've had so many roles at one place that I just get lucky as a woman and end up in a place that didn't care that I was a woman because they never cared. They just cared that I did a good job. And that's what was so amazing about that place. But, you know, you start to question yourself. You're like, man, like, am I just not like, did I just end up in the right situation and become successful because I'm in this situation? Could I have done this at another school? And it's just funny because after five years, you're like, I'm never going to leave. Like, I'm, I'm not even that good. I'm going to get stuck here. And then I've, I've moved twice in the last two years. So it's just funny how, like, you look back on the things that you thought were struggles back then. Um, so then applying to Maryland for the first time as just sports science, because I had I had done, I didn't even plan on leaving Stanford, but we had done everything that that program could have handled at that point. And I knew I was getting to the point where I just had more stuff I need to do for sports science. So applying to Maryland... My goal was I want them to read this packet that I'm giving them and not have to ask me a single question about it. Know exactly what I'm going to walk in and do. And I'm, I laugh now because that packet was like 45 pages and it's psychotic. And I'll, I'll never forget one of the guys in the interview was like, what you did such a good job on, on your interview. Was it like every time you flipped a slide, like you knew what you were going to say, you knew what was on the slide before the slide came because like this program's like my baby. Um, and so like, I, I, I love it. And I think that's always sort of given me a, I don't know if an advantage, but I think people see that when I talk about what I do that, like, like I don't need to, I don't need notes. Like I'm, I'm just talking about what I have invested so much time in creating. And my interns at Maryland will joke because my Texas packet was a hundred pages, but my interns will joke because I spent all of last year, like building out my program and it's like a 300 page document at this point. And every time something would go horribly wrong and we'd find out something else, they'd be like, all right, Sam, like, you're going to add it to the packet. And I'm like, yes, I am going to add it to the packet. And so that way, like I knew if I ever went anywhere else, like I have this blueprint of exactly what I did, exactly like what I want to do. I don't have to go back and like second guess myself. And like, that was the cool, that was like the coolest project I've ever done. Cause you're just pouring in like all the stuff that you believe in and like it, that's going to change every year like I already look at it and like I've changed 50 pages of it but but that that's been the most fun part is like everywhere I've gone I've built a different iteration of that and it just continues to evolve and I keep finding places that like let me build and let me evolve I, th- I think that's that's great and it's again you're letting your passion lead the way and you know and when you know what you created I think it makes it easier to you know, you don't have to memorize anything or like on the slides, you're like, I know what it is. Cause I, I put it there. It wasn't, I copied it from somewhere, but, um, and you've mentioned it before and I, I'll, 
ask you just right now, what's some advice you'd have for women or like females in our industry that are looking to get that come up and get that next leg up? I know recently there's been a lot more females like getting positions in our in our profession, but it's still a minority of like the total picture of like who are strength coaches, who are sports scientists. So what's some advice that you have to to women that are looking at your career and how things are going? Yeah, I think I think it's an interesting situation. I'm not I I'm like self-admittingly like not the most like I should probably be more pro-women than I am. I I'm obsessed with being the best. And that's how I've operated at every stage of my career. I've never been like, oh, like it's harder because I'm a woman. I've been like, no, I, I need to be the best. And, and I know as women, like you have to be 10 times better than the guy you're going against. So it's kind of like we have to be excellent just to even be like in the running. And so everything I do, I like take that mindset. Like this can't be good. Like this has to be excellent. Like the detail has to be excellent. Like I don't want to just be the best female applicant for any job. I want to be the best applicant for any job. And so I think males and females can take that advice. I think, you know, the biggest thing I've seen over the years is I've seen females not be able to make it in football. I've seen males not be able to make it in football. So I also think there's an understanding of like the sport and the personality type. And and because I think there are sometimes men that try to go into football and maybe that's not the fit for them, but like they're so obsessed with bringing into football that they don't see that. And I think it's the same thing for women. I think there's a lot of success to be had all over this field. It doesn't necessarily have to be football. If you have the personality type to handle it, that's great. If you don't, that's also great. Like you can be a different type of strength coach as a male or a female. You don't have to fit the football mold. Um, and, and, you know, as a woman, like you just have to have thick skin, like things are going to be said, things are going to happen and you have to be able to immediately like defend yourself and stand up for yourself and, you know, and it's it's the same for any coach. If a football player says something to you and you kind of shy away and cower to them, like they'll never really respect you. So it just ha- you have to do it ten times more as a female. Like I'm sure every football player who's met me initially is probably like, "Oh, she's kind of a bitch," and it's like, "Yeah, I probably kind of am," but like you have to earn me not to being. Like you need to. I need to make sure that if you say anything that's a little bit out of line, like I cut that off because that's not how I operate. And I take, I, I operate professionally and and I'm going to like, I'm going to stand up for myself and I'm not going to tolerate that stuff. And I think they appreciate that and they see that and they're like, okay, she's, she's not, she's just not going to let me get away with shit. No, no doubt. I think that's, that's 100% correct. And I've been working with my interns and a lot of them are female right now, but they just had that same conversation. Like you just, have to be really on point and just stand up for yourself, which is always important. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Being a strength coach is difficult. And someone once said on our podcast, we pour so much into helping our athletes become better, but we forget who's pouring back into us to help us become better. Without a healthy mind, coaching on the floor, programming, and maintaining the juggling act that we call life can be difficult. The good news is the therapists at BetterHelp are here to help you. Therapy can be whatever you want it to be. Maybe you need the tools to help you keep motivated, or maybe you're feeling burnt out from long days in the weight room, or you just need someone to talk to. BetterHelp is a customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist at a time that works for you. 
We have a very busy schedule as a strength coach, and the last thing we need to do is be driving to an office and sitting in a waiting room. Simply log into your account and message or speak to your therapist from anywhere at a time that works for you. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. BetterHelp also assesses your needs and will match you with one of over 20,000 therapists in their network. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself and make your mind your best asset. We train to keep our bodies strong and resilient. Now it's time to invest in our mental health too. And as a special offer to Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0 listeners, you can get 10% off your month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash chalk. That's betterhelp.com slash C-H-A-L-K. And thanks again for BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you to our great guests for taking the time to share their experiences. Thank you to Play and Team Builder for being great companies that help our profession. And most importantly, thank you, the listeners. Please find us on social media at Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Find our show notes on wherever you listen to your podcast. Leave us a rating, comment, and subscribe. And don't forget to say hi. It's great to hear from coaches from around the country. Talk to you all next week on another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0.